0: Carol Mosley Braun, Katanji Brown Jackson, Regina Wilson. They are transformational. They are born leaders. All sheroes. And most importantly, they're all women. What a wonderful way to celebrate the start to March! It's Women's History Month, and it's time to give flowers to phenomenal women who are making history by being resilient, persistent, and fearless. Each one of these phenomenal women have broken through many glass ceilings and for us let's call them tinted glass ceilings. Allow the Interludes crew to celebrate all the women who have broken through. I'm Val The Voice Johnson and this is Interludes.
1: interludes a peer lighthouse production this episode is brought to you by
0: interludes extra presents find your voice on patreon become a friend a fan and join our vip podcasting community today
1: and now all the way from the south side of chicago give it up for your host bell the voice johnson
0: I remember being a college student gearing up to vote in my first presidential election. Being an Illinois resident and attending a college within my home state, in my mind it became my responsibility to learn about the candidates running for various positions locally and nationally. In 1992, we elected the first African American senator representing Illinois, Ms. Carol Mosley Braun. She broke barriers in the U.S. Senate and gave the precursor to a future president and vice president of color in the United States White House. A few years later, after Braun broke the barrier, then came the man who would become our first African American president, Barack Obama. Barack doesn't get to the Senate unless there is a state already open to the possibilities that we are electing people based on their abilities and competency. Thank goodness the door was opened by Carol. Our current Vice President Kamala Harris and many others benefit from the efforts of Braun. I've also spent the better part of the past decade hearing thousands of cases and writing hundreds of opinions. And in every instance, I have done my level best to stay in my lane and to reach a result that is consistent with my understanding of the law and with the obligation to rule independently, without fear or favor. I am humbled and honored to continue in this fashion as an Associate Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States, working with brilliant colleagues, supporting and defending the Constitution, and steadfastly upholding the rule of law. Ketanji Brown Jackson, nominated back in 2013 by former President Barack Obama, broke the decades-old glass by becoming the first African-American Supreme Court Justice nominated and then later during President Biden's administration to serve upon the Supreme Court. Her nomination and her experience as a federal judge are well documented. For Brown Jackson, there are a few women that come just before her to make the possibility for a woman of color to serve as a Supreme Court judge. During the time Kajanji was being considered, unfortunately much political fanfare and pushback came with her nomination. And for the entire existence of the United States Supreme Court, why oh why did it take so long for an African American woman to become a Supreme Court Justice? Hopefully, Katanji's nomination will increase the number of women who are currently serving as judges to be possible future nominees in the Supreme Court.
2: My name is Regina Wilson. I'm a firefighter in Engine 219 in Brooklyn. Well, I was actually uh, talked into and convinced to become a New York City firefighter. I was working in corporate America, and I attended the uh, Black Expo at Jacob Javits Center. And um, at the expo, I was recruited by a bunch of recruiters, and uh, they spoke to me a lot about the job. Uh, They spoke to me a lot about the benefits, but none of those things really rang true to me, except when they told me that this job did not have a lot of women or African-Americans. So that was more intriguing to me than anything else, because uh, the salary, I made more money than them, and I had better benefits. So I just wanted to figure out why this department that was so great and well-known and well-respected did not have a large number of African-Americans interested as well as women.
0: And then there's my personal friend to the show and trailblazer, Regina Wilson. According to the United Women Firefighters Organization, Regina is the 12th black female firefighter to ever join the New York Fire Department. When Wilson joined the NYC Fire Department back in 1999, she was one of several black candidates and only one woman to become a firefighter in a class of more than 300. Listen to Wilson's recollections of her time as a firefighter and being the only woman of color chosen by the New York Fire Department. What was the uh, catalyst that led you to want to become a firefighter? Well, it was, I
2: was not the one where I was like, I had people in my family that did it and and it was something that I desired to do. I never looked at a fire truck and said, oh wow, that's great, that's, that's a job that I wanted. No, um, I was actually approached and I was recruited and uh, someone came to me and said, you know, we don't have a lot of women here. It's not a lot of people of color in the department. And so I was curious about that. And I was like, well, why? Because everybody loves firefighters, right? Um, they love what they do. They know they sacrifice a lot to save other people. And it's such a job that's, you know, a, a, a respected job. Why is it that people of color and women are not? flocking to this job. So um, that was the seed that was planted, but it didn't get watered until I started to meet other firefighters. I started to meet other women. I got mentored by women. I got mentored by men firefighter. And I've never been in a in um, a profession where people told me they wanted me like who who can ever say that they went on a job interview and then the people from the job kept trying to train you and help you to get that job nobody so that was the difference for me that they knew my my presence was important and for me to be there they were going to go out their way to do it and that's how I learned how to love the job so much
0: um well speaking about that what difficulties did you encounter when entering into the firefighting academy as a black woman?
2: Well, um, when I entered the academy, there were 300 candidates that were there on um, when we first got there. So um, when the 300 of us were in the auditorium, I looked around and I was the only woman there. So, and it was um, seven African-Americans total within the whole class of 300. So um, there were a lot of different challenges. Um, I had to deal with a lot of different um, mannerisms that I guess uh, was connected to masculinity that I couldn't understand, a lot of foul language. Um, There was a a sexual assault on me. Um, There was, uh, they try to um, like um, wean me out. You know, I would have people come in to the academy and target me. Um, I had my air cut off one time when I was doing a drill. Somebody could cut my air off so I couldn't breathe. Um, I had to deal with claustrophobia because I've never been in a situation where I wasn't totally encapsulated. Right. So I would be in my bathroom crying. I would second guess myself. I didn't know if I could do it. Didn't know if I could be there. But I, I, I had to stand in, in that moment and pull from my inner strength and know that I deserve to be there, just like all those other people deserve to be there. And there was nothing different. So um, unfortunately, <laughs> um, I graduated, but all 300 didn't graduate. It was only 286 of us. So therefore, anybody that tells you that a woman can't do this job, you need to look at those other 20 or so that couldn't make it because they were all men. So evidently, it was a whole bunch of men that couldn't do it, but I did. And any woman out there that want the prof- profession, if they put their mind to it, they could do it.
0: Many moons ago, when I first met Regina, I never knew or was quite aware of what she did professionally. One year, she hired me as an event photographer and videographer to cover her induction ceremony into the Vulcan Society, a fraternal organization for first black responders. As many may not be aware of, the Vulcan Society, founded in 1940, long fought for the diversity and inclusion of black firefighters in New York. Here's a clip of Regina reflecting on the first time she was elected to the executive board for the Vulcan Society. And speaking Mm -hmm. of the Vulcan Society, and I'm very happy to to know that I was I was there to witness it. You (laughs) served for three years as the first female president of the Vulcan Society. Uh, And what changes, if any, have you witnessed in the number of black women entering into the fire departments and other areas of public service?
2: Well, I know for me, um, uh, being the becoming the president from the Vocal Society was a full circle moment for me. And um, I've always was happy with the opportunity to serve and to give back. But being able to be in the position of running the organization itself was surreal for me. And I actually served for four years, um, not three, because um, I worked for those whole four years. So I don't want to give anything back. <laughs> And I also became the president of the United Women Firefighters Association, and I was a president for that organization for four years, too. So I've been able to give back to those organizations that gave so much. So when I came on the job, I was the first African-American woman to be hired in the FDNY in 15 years. So the original women came on in 82. And so I I was the first woman hired since the original women that got hired in the early 80s. And and I think our numbers are about 120 now. We finally reached 1% out of the job's 154-year history. So, I mean, it's horrible, but at least we reached 1%. And, um, you know, we still got a lot of work to do.
0: Regina continues to be passionate about expanding diversity and inclusion of women and men and women of color to be actively recruited and represented in the New York City Fire Department. Because of her tireless work as an advocate and diversity ambassador for the FDNY, according to the New York Amsterdam News, Wilson has now become the first woman president of the Vulcan Society. Her recent swearing-in ceremony by New York City Mayor Eric Adams, along with Vulcan Society's new executive board, now marks history for Wilson. The 24-year veteran is looking forward to training the executive board so that they can continue to represent firefighters and lead the organization into a bright future. What a privilege to have someone like Regina on your side as a firefighter of color. Congratulations to my friend and continue to blaze the trail and break those glass-tinted windows everywhere.
1: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors.
0: Have you seen it? It's the weekly chat with EP Michael Womble, Coach Tony Thompson, and host Val The Voice Johnson. Interludes Extra presents Talk on Tuesdays. Join us and other special guests as we break down the latest topics surrounding music, movies, and sports every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, live in our chat on our Interludes YouTube channel, Facebook group, and now on Pod TV on Roku. Here's a clip from our executive producer and host of Interludes Extra, Hashtag Womble Wednesdays, thoughts on Women's History Month and the importance of celebrating trailblazing females. The
3: wildcard hashtag W is women's, Women's History Month. And it is a thing. I know it's for some people that seems like every month is some kind of month. I get it. Um, but Women's History Month is a celebration of women's contributions to history, culture, and society. And it's been observed um, now since about 1987. So you got to get to old people like myself. It's like, I don't remember this Women's History Month. When did that start? Yeah, well, it started back in 87. Okay. It started back, it, it predates Guns and Roses. Okay. <laughs> and they're on classic rock. Okay. This goes way back to public enemy. All right, the beginnings of public enemy. So, let's stop acting like it's a new thing. All right. So, Women's History Month uh 2023, of course, it's all of March and it also includes uh March 8th, which of course is International Women's Day most appropriately. So, a lot of times you'll hear a bunch of stuff about people like uh Susan B Anthony who I always find to be questionable because uh, she was not cool with the Blacks, Uh, as well as like Abigail Adams, who was pretty radical as a first lady to John Adams, wrote some interesting letters that often get studied in schools, in English classes. You got people like Harriet Tubman, Sojourner Two, Rosa Parks that comes in, Um, Jokingly, when I have classrooms at times, I'll decorate my classroom uh, and toward the end of February, I'll make sure that I have um, African-American women up and then (laughs) in March, just take the guys down (laughs) and ready for Women's History Month. That's how I view intersectionality, uh, which is, you know, I think it's appropriate. At times, especially given history, sometimes when people talk about women's history, they usually in their minds have a different W in front of women. It restricts it. I'm talking about the amazing contributions of African American women, uh, Latino women, and women of color in general, uh, who really should be represented in Women's History Month, especially Black women. With Women's History Month, um, I think that as we look at it we really need to look at how women of color um have worked twice as hard to get to where they are um during this time in march and kind of step away from some of the really easy things the same way we look at Black History Month, uh, the stepping away from you know always focusing in on Martin Luther King and or Malcolm X, uh, to look at people like, as I mentioned, a Claudette Colvin, um, to look at uh, people like a Bell Hooks uh, or Toni Morrison, and and kind of kind of stretch ourselves. I think that's something that should happen I hope does happen with Women's History Month.
0: Tune in every Wednesday at 7 p.m Central 8 p.m Eastern to Interludes Extra hashtag Womble Wednesdays with your host Mr. Michael Womble streaming live on our Facebook company page Pure Lighthouse Media home of Interludes and on our YouTube channel.
1: Interludes, original concept by Valerie Johnson, written by Michael Womble, produced by Michael Womble and Valerie Johnson, original intro and outro music produced by Kendall Nesbitt. Interludes, a peer Lighthouse production. This episode is brought to you by...
0: Interludes Extra presents Find Your Voice on Patreon. See behind the scenes with Interludes, tips on how to become a podcaster, and merch featuring our Interludes logo. Become a friend, a fan, and join our VIP podcasting community today by visiting the website patreon.com forward slash interludes. Become a future sponsor or advertiser on our podcasting platform by visiting our website today.
1: To subscribe to our YouTube channel or join Interludes Facebook group, visit the website linktree slash peer light media that's l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash peer light media